Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the call center and contact center podcast, where we try to give you actionable items that you can take back to your call center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, and hopefully the whole reason that we're here is to improve the actual customer experience. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 500-seat call center outsourcer located here in uh, chilly northwestern Pennsylvania. The holidays are uh, slowly fading, <laughs> maybe quicker for some, uh, but they seem like a, a distant uh, a distant relic right now, and now we're kind of in the dog days of, of, at least here in the northeast, kind of the winter. Not much snow, but dang, it's cold. So uh, anyway, what we wanted to discuss today in a pretty packed episode, and, and this could be one of our longer episodes as well, is security in your call center. Huge topic. A lot of questions that come about of what I need to do, what are the minimums that I need from a security aspect. I get a lot of offshore guys calling me and asking me, and I'm like, guys, you're nowhere near where you need to be from a security standpoint to get any kind of USA customers. So for anyone who is nearshore, offshore, obviously here in the States, I think that this will be a pretty good episode. We're going to frame the discussion around PCI compliance, right, which is the credit card industry's kind of data security platform or, I guess, set of rules, right, that you could say that, that you have to have to be kind of the minimum for, for dealing with, with credit cards, right? So I think if we kind of frame it around that discussion, any type of credit cards, if you're using, if you're housing, if you're storing, um, if you have customers that you're seeing customer data, I would even say, um, it's really important that you have certain security metrics and profiles set up in your call center here, especially going into 2020, to to make sure that you're, not only your organization is safe, but your associates are safe, and I think almost most importantly to your customers are safe. You, know, you don't want to have a breach or you don't want to have anybody go rogue. So all these things that you can kind of put into place can, can, can help secure your contact center. So again, I could talk, this, this discussion could go on and people have, you know, week long seminars just on PCI compliance. So I'm just going to try to frame it again around PCI, frame it around the call center security. So not an overall security plan. I'm going to talk at a pretty high level here. I'm not going to dig too far into the, to the weeds or we'd be here forever. But I'm going to frame it around really kind of four or five, I guess, topics. One is physical security, digital security, fraud protection, um, on-call or real-time production security that you need um, when it comes to recording calls, those types of things. And then some of the policies and procedures that, that you really need to put in place. Because really when it boils down PCI, 
it's it's documenting a ton of stuff, right? It's, it's having specific policies and procedures, and it's great to have those, but it's actually, you got to follow through on those as well. So, all right, let's dig into this, right? So the first thing I think is going to be, let's start with the easiest, I think most self-explanatory, and that's the physical security that you need in your call center. So you, know, you need to have your doors locked into the call center floor. So whether that is swipe um, or a pneumatic keypad or biometric locks, however that is, the only the people that need to be on that specific floor should be on that floor. So if you have a big call center, say if, you know, 50,000 square feet or 40,000 square feet, and you're broken down by either different clients, if you're a BPO, or just specific types of service that you're offering, if you're not doing and you don't need to be over here, then, then you shouldn't be over there. You should only be in kind of your area and making sure that your reps are where they are. One way to do that is every rep needs to have a name badge, right? And on that name badge needs to be picture, ID number, kind of the programs or what they're working on so that, you know, we have a color-coded kind of what room you should be in. Um, so if, if you have a red and a green, you shouldn't be in a room that's, that's color-coded yellow, that kind of thing. When it comes to cameras, we have cameras everywhere. You know, I, I firmly believe that, that it protects the organization and it also protects associates as well to have those cameras in your supervision, especially, you know, maybe at times when there's not a lot of management here. Make sure that you have a specific policy, and a lot of people don't do this, and it, and it can bite you. You have a policy, one, for filming your associates and recording them, and two, that you have a policy for recording them. A lot of you guys have a policy that says, yes, you can be monitored and your calls can be recorded, but even being recorded in a hallway or on the call center floor, make sure that they understand that because I've seen people get bit when they have an, an issue with an associate. They have it on recording, but they didn't have any permission for that. So check your state for that as well. When it comes to your DMARC room, right? So the room that has all your switches, has all the kind of the wires, right? That go out to your call center floor. Your DMARC room should be locked at all times. I think that's pretty obvious. Only specific IT or management should have access to it. That's probably different than your server room, which has a, a, probably a ton of security, making sure that that is locked. Only certain people have access to it. People argue with me about this all the time, and I don't understand why, because you can't be PCI compliant if you're allowing cell phones on your call center floor. So again, don't say that you're PCI compliant. You could do all of this, but if you have somebody that's what you're having wearable technology and you're having cell phones on your call center floor and any type of digital technology, you're not. And in fact, I would say that's one of the most important things you can do today from a security aspect. Make sure that you have set places that your associates can go use their cell phone. But again, you guys know my policy and my stance on it. It's seen or heard in our call center. If a, if a cell phone is seen or heard, then uh, then it's a, it's a suspension. And then depending on your organization, I think background checks are important. You know, that's, that can be a, have a little controversy with it as well, but just making sure that, you know, there's, there's people that maybe you don't want that have committed fraud or, or committed robbery or, or even, you know, identity theft, things like that, that you probably should check, right? If you're working in, in the call center environment with, with a lot of that stuff. All right. The next aspect gets a little nerdy, right? And that's, that's kind of the digital security. And, and what you need to have kind of set up on your computers. Although, you know, the other thing is, that, let me go back real quick, on the physical security, and this kind of branches over into the digital, is your computer should be locked down, right? So there should only be certain websites that your reps can go to. They shouldn't be able to get any type of internal email, 
right? People argue about that, but internal email can be virused, you know, and, and you're, you're setting yourself up for a lot of security issues with that. And secondly, make sure that your USB drives, if you have any type of access points on the computer, that those are locked down as well. So nobody can put a USB drive in and download or, or take information out. Um, so that's a really important piece. And that's kind of the bridge, I guess, to the, this next piece, which is kind of the digital security aspect. So number one, which I think is really important, is you know, that you have enterprise virus protection on each computer. So you can have an overall, like on your firewall, right? That's great. But every single computer should have its own. We use Sophos, right? And you know, basically we have a screen that's set up. And anytime that it, an update doesn't get run, and that's a, another topic that we're going to get touch here in a second, but a specific update on a virus protection, or if it senses that there is a virus or if something's coming in, it blocks it, takes it away, goes to our server. We have a report that then kind of sends an email out and we can make sure that we either have to lock that computer down or, or see what happened. So enterprise, really good virus protection will save you pay for it. Don't go cheap. Don't get anything free, pay for it. Um, and, and it will benefit you and it will save you so much time and money. Obviously, you need specific firewall protections. I am not nerdy enough. I'm pretty nerdy. Um, but when it comes to that stuff, you know, we, we have IT, our IT guys that, that deal with that. But from our firewall, they're blocking a lot of the Internet stuff, right, that, that comes in. We're blocking specific websites and, and things through our firewall as well. So that's, you know, one of the protections that we have. Here's something that I bet you most of you are doing that is such a security issue and we were doing it for a while and we fixed it over the last couple of years is single sign on for each rep so <clears throat> you probably have to your telephony platform you have your own username and password to your crm username and password but how do you actually log in when you turn the computer on and you get that window screen right for most of you are you using one login for everybody and if you are that's a huge security issue it's a big pain in the rear, but you got to get to the point where you're using, um, you know, individual sign-ons for each of the computers. And that gets hard when you get a ton of people, right? I get it, you know, 500, 600 people. Um, but you can do some things programmatically, so we have done that within contact. So um, we've kind of married married the logins, right? So our, our in-contact login is the same as the computer login. When that password expires, that password expires on, on both systems. So that's important. Um, we have a help desk. And again, if you're a smaller call center, you're not going to have a help desk, right? But you have to have something that you're documenting issues that are happening in your ticketing system. So if you have to give something to H to, to your it, um, that can be an email that can be whatever form I like Slack as well. Like if you're small, you can use Slack and just have an it kind of uh, channel that you can kind of put that stuff into. Um, but I'm not going to get deep into this, but when it comes to your help desk ticketing, that goes into your change management as well. So it's really important that any type of changes, and this is from a PCI standpoint, any changes that you make programmatically, so new versions of your software, um, new implementations of integrations, all that stuff needs to be documented, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or whether you're using kind of an enterprise system like we are, it needs to be, you know, a really regimented process so that you know what happened and, and you can look back if something goes wrong. The other big important thing with this is update management, right? So making sure that all of your systems have all the Windows updates that they need when they need. I bet you a lot of you don't, 
right? And if you go and you you do a Windows update, it's going to take a while. What I would suggest is that tonight, it's Friday, if you guys are listening to this, or over the weekend, you know, if, if you have a lower headcount, a lot of you don't, but at a certain time, you have to run Windows updates on all your computers. So, again, we have a, a system, and there's systems out there that, that just kind of shoot them all out, and they, they update them as they go, as new updates come. But for most of you smaller guys, make sure that you're staying up on your Windows updates. The other thing that I would highly suggest and that you really need to be PCI is to get a third party involved from a from a penetration testing standpoint. So quarterly, we have security metrics that tries to actually penetrate our firewall and get into our platform and get into our network. And... They do that once a month, and then we see what IP addresses we have open, make sure that everything is, is where it's supposed to be, and that we're secure from an outside standpoint of people trying to get into our to get into our network. So, you know, you need some help if you don't have that from a PCI standpoint, but you you really want to, to get into uh, to looking at a third party to help you kind of guide you. At least if you don't, if you say, listen, I can't be, I can't afford, which I you should, probably shouldn't be in business if you can't afford to be PCI compliant. But if you say, hey, we're really small. We don't really deal with too many credit cards. We do deal with customer data. What can we do to be more secure? Get a third party in there and, and kind of have some of these protocols uh, helpfully set up for you. Let's talk about on-call security. So when I mean on-call, what are some of the policies and procedures you should be doing when a rep is actually on the phone? Right, most of you are recording 100% of your calls, which we are too, and that's from a QA standpoint. But you should also make sure that one, either you are on the recording, right? You're only taking the last four digits of the the credit card number of any account information or social security number. If you can't, and I know a lot of you can't, and we have programs too that we can't, then we mask and make sure that you understand the masking piece in most telephony platforms. In contact five nine Genesis, all of them have that piece where literally the rep can either press a button and it goes away, or there's actually software um, that can kind of tell right and kind of mask on your own as the call's happening. So that software is there. If you're dealing with a lot of credit card information and you're not masking, and those all of those either social security numbers or credit card numbers are on your your servers, you're opening yourself up for for a ton of pain. So. I would tell you two things. One, make sure that you're masking. And two, any type of credit card or customer data, get it off your, your system as much as you possibly can. So any type of purging that you can do to get credit card information, customer data off of your servers, if you can, and I get if it's a CRM and you have to keep your customer data there, but if you're doing any type of other processing, make sure that you're limiting as much as you possibly can. And I know for some of those, that's kind of in the back of your mind, but it'll bite you. Right, it'll bite you. So make sure that you're you're kind of staying on with that. The other thing is you want to try to process credit card payments at the time, right? You don't want to wait and batch them until later. Like that's a process that is old and done. So some of them, and some of our clients, we're still doing that with, right? Because that's kind of how, and we have a like an, and we take the credit card information. We have an API that directly goes, and it goes to their system, and then they do it. So, I mean, we're kind of in between there, but you don't want to take a bunch of credit cards, get them on your system, and then go batch file them or go send them all at once, right? Again, you're setting yourself up for having credit card, too much credit card information on your servers and opening yourself up for some security issues. So, if you can anyway, process credit card payments at the time, 
all right? And then you can kind of delete or kind of get rid of the, the credit card information. The other thing too, oh, and I have here in my notes, you know, two-factor authentication. Everybody, for me, it's, it's kind of a pain, but if you think about it, it's it's pretty cool. So if you are in a customer service department and a customer's calling in and saying, hey, I forgot my password, right? You really need to start to get into the two two-factor authentication and not just saying, hey, what's your name, social security number, and address? And oh, okay, you have all that? Well, here's your account number. Right. The phishing is just it's too it's too great of a of an issue now. So you, you need to be able to, you know, use their cell phone, use their email to send them something to make sure that it's them from from that standpoint. And then you can kind of go through another security protocol to get them their 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 password or to reset their password or to give them their account information. Can't be lazy with this stuff. It's super painful. I get it. Right. And, th- and think about this as a BPO, as a call center outsourcer, every client we have has, has different security needs and also security thresholds that they want, you know, met. So we have to be here at all times, right? We have to be at the top level and we, that way we can make sure that we're, we're, we're always on top of it. But some of you guys are, are at that bottom level or just, you know, you're doing the minimum stuff, right? Make 2020 kind of the year that you're going to kind of push in and implement a couple of these every single time, you know, that, that this topic comes up, you need to keep pushing it with your management team to, to implement some of this, these security things. The biggest pain in the rear as well, right? But it's really important is making sure that you have policies for everything. And I'm not going to go through all the policies because it's, there's so many of them that it may blow your mind and I don't want to scare you off, but you know, go to the PCI or, or go to a third-party website that deals with PCI compliance. See the policies and procedures that you need to have, and you need to have on file to make sure that you know you're covering your your butt and you're covering everything in your in your contact center. So, you know everything from from a security policy, from a data security policy, from a change management to internet settings. You know, there's there's so many different things that you you have to think through. You know, get the policy, get some help online with, and then go through the implementation in your contact center. The last piece that I want to kind of talk about is kind of the fun, I don't fun, fun's a bad word, but the technology that that is out there too. So this kind of goes with on the call and we're trying to not only protect our clients, customers, organizations, um, associates from, from all of this from a security standpoint, but we also have to protect the organization, right? So people, we know that they try to do phishing schemes. They try to, uh, you know, have some fraudulent information that they trying to get information and try to scam you. So some of the things that you can do, right? And and these are some of the things that we're doing right now. So one, and I've talked about this a little bit, is speech analytics. So you can set specific categories up in speech analytics to search for certain things. Here's an example, and I think I've used it before. We had a client who had their internal call center. They had fraud in their internal call center when one of their reps was scheming with their cousin who didn't work there, and she would give information to the uh, to the cousin. The cousin would call in and say, hey, my name is Mrs. Smith. Here's all my information. Can you change my address, and can you send me a new debit card out? Right? And so they were doing this for months and months and months and just defrauding the organization. So when they came to us, they said, hey, how do we how do we not do this? Well, one of the first things that we did with that is we set up categories in speech analytics. And we said, hey, if any customer ever says on this account, um, send me new debit card, new debit card, send new card, 
and change address, change my address, any of those type of, of phrases, and we can do and and ors, that those calls will get flagged, right? And so we look at that every single day. And if any of those come up, boom, we pull it up, we listen, we find out who it is, we go through the whole account, and we have another layer of protection for the client and that you can have as well for for just listening to what's going on on the calls. You know, the other thing is it's a little bit more expensive, but you know, from us, it's going to be available really in the cloud from a nice, uh, nice and contact standpoint is, is voice authentication, right? So basically a customer calls in, kind of opts in for voice authentication, um, servers listen to them, and then we get a, a make sure that the next time that they call in, when we kind of play their voice, um, that it's, it's actually them. It's number one, it's, it's much easier for the customer because we don't have to go through that painful verification that we all do. What's your social security number? What's your date of birth? Um, you know, what is, uh, what's your firstborn son's name? Right. All that kind of stuff. Mother's maiden name. We don't have to do that. And also we have a level of security that's beyond, you know, what we can do because we're actually getting down to kind of biometric type data. And that's where the AI and all that kind of stuff kind of comes in where that technology is. So Voice authentication, if you are in any type of financial services, you got to look at it or you got to go to BPO like like us, right, that that has that um, that technology. And then some of the easy things that you guys can do, too, if you don't have this technology is is look at the Annie, right? And the Annie is the phone number that's called, right? If you have if you can get to the same rep, right, through maybe your your tree, um, your IVR tree, if the same rep or even the same Annie is constantly being dialed, right? A lot of these guys aren't smart. You know, we've been able to catch people just, they're constantly calling and using their, their same cell phone number. And when we see that over the last 30 days that they've called, you know, 45 times, you know, we're asking questions. So check that, look at your Annie, look at the reps that are on there. Um, but really just, you can kind of get a, get some of that information and glean some of that as well from, from people who, who have been calling in. So so that's kind of, uh, I think, I think where I want to stop. I have a couple more things that we could get into, but I don't, again, I don't like making these episodes more than, than 20, 25 minutes. I want to make them kind of quick for you guys. So again, framing this as if you're PCI compliant, most of the, the check blocks that you need to be secure for your organization are going to be there. Again, we can go to other layers of certifications like HIPAA, right? And HIPAA is for healthcare different kind of level and then you kind of mix both a little bit the security guys hate when i say that but you know for for a SOC 2 um and, and kind of look at that is, is is kind of an overall protocol for your organization as well so there's a lot of different ways that you can protect yourself the biggest thing that we see is people just being lazy with it saying it won't happen to me if you're saying that it's probably going to happen there's so many things that you can do Right, just off the top, if even if you're not trying to be PCI, but you need to be secure from a physical standpoint, uh, making sure that you have cameras, making sure that you have reps in the right places, making sure that people sign in when they come in here from a digital standpoint, locking down the computers, uh, making sure that they can only go on certain internet sites, um, looking at single sign on, right? Little things like that are really, really, really important. You know, I, I can't say enough about not being cheap on virus protection looking at, you know, your on-the-call stuff. So, you know, one of the things, again, don't record 100% and leave credit card information on your servers, on your, whether it's voice or uh, 
or text, right? Making sure that you're taking steps there to mask all that stuff. Looking maybe at new technology like like voice authentication to, to get you through um, another layer of, of protection. And then guys, policies and procedures will save your rear. They're, they're a pain, but you got to do them. You got to look through it. Get a committee together. Look at your security policies. Look at your procedures and, and try to go through um, what you guys have and what you guys don't have. And again, check that out. And you can, there's, there's so many resources online that I would be, I'd be failing miserably if I tried to, if I tried to, to, to help you more with that. All right. So that's, that's what I got for you guys from a, from a security standpoint. Um, I want to go into a couple real quick housekeeping things. I want to thank everybody for joining who has joined the community, right? We're up to almost 50 members. I know that sounds lame, but we were at 10 like two weeks ago. So again, advice from a call center geek community. It's different than the advice from a call center geek Facebook page, but go on there, join. I will instantly allow you to become a member. And I love if those of you who are listening that are members, let's start some discussions up. I just did a little thing on there, right? Anybody who posts something that's going to get at least five to 10 comments, I'll I'll send you a free book. I'm doing anything I can to not make me be the voice of that. I want you guys to kind of be the voice of that. Also, please, please, please go on to our Advice from a Call Center Geek YouTube channel. Um, The YouTube channel, we're posting a daily call center tip of the day. We have like 16, 17 right now. I think it's really going to help you. I mean, I'm going to have literally like 500 of them. Right, so by the by the end of, of this year, we should have almost 400 with 365 days. A lot of tips, videos like this, like right now, I'm uh, I'm recording the podcast. So if you want to see me in my my Friday dress down, it's it's there as well. Plus, we're doing a lot of internal things. Like we just did a roundtable meeting with our reps, where we talked about what are some cool things to talk to and, and tell new supervisors. I'm gonna go uh, put some some. Uh, GoPro cameras on my supervisors so that you can see the first 30 minutes and actually how they do it. So it'll be some really cool and I think unique uh, content there as well. So again, guys, thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. I'm at the 25 minute mark, so I'm going to peace out and I will talk to all of you guys next week.